Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. I didn't believe the story. And if it hadn't come from honest reporting from Simon Plosca and his team, there is no chance that I would have taken this story seriously. But more and more, it's obviously, uh, given, given the reaction of uh, the, uh, the uh, organizations like CNN, that uh, this is shockingly, bizarrely, and unbelievably believable. Simon Plosko, very good morning. How's that for an intro? Managing editor of Honest Reporting. Good morning, Howard. How are you? I am well. Did you? How did you feel? I don't know if you stumbled upon the story. I don't know how it came to light. Just tell us. Yeah, so it was something that was hiding in plain sight, really, because, as you know, we, we look at all the uh, media, we monitor all the English language media every morning, and there's, of course, been a massive amount of it mm. in the last few weeks for obvious reasons. And we were looking at a piece by the Associated Press online, and it included a carousel of photographs. There are about you know, 20, 30 photographs from that horrific morning of October 7th. And I was looking through it, and there were photos of uh, an Israeli tank burning, clearly on the uh, Israeli side of the border. Um, there were also photos, for example, of the German-Israeli um, Shani Luke, whose body was in a pickup truck. And I looked at these photos, and uh, they're, they're, they were na- there were names on them. They were actually credited to Gazan photojournalists. And I thought, well... What's going on here? That means that these photojournalists were clearly on the Israeli side of the border. So they must have broken through, um, you know, either with Hamas at the time or perhaps a little bit afterwards. But it required, we, we need to ask questions as to what was going on here. So, you know, was it coordinated with Hamas? Did wire services publish these people's photographs? We found mm. four of them identified who had been linked with the AP with Reuters, with the New York Times and CNN. And we kept digging. And what we found was really very, very disturbing. Um, we had, for example, a guy called Hassan Aslaya. I don't know whether I pronounced it right, but um, he happens to work also for CNN. He clearly crossed into Israel. He took photos of this burning Israeli tank. He also captured images of infiltrators entering one of the kibbutzim as well. So this guy was clearly sort of, you know, involved um, in what was going on. And as we kept doing this, more evidence came to light. This guy, um, apart from uh, on the day broadcasting on his social media, he was live inside Gaza Strip settlements, as he called them. Um, he, there was actually footage of him um, on the back of a Hamas motorcycle carrying a hand grenade, would you believe? And And not only that, there was this... Um, photograph of him from, we believe, around 2020 with Yahya Sinwar, the Hamas leader and the mastermind of this massacre. And there's Sinwar literally kissing the guy on the cheek. So they're clearly, you know, buddy-buddy. Um, so there were a lot of questions to be asked about this guy's background. Um, and but more, more than that, it's really about the ethics here. Did what involvement did these photojournalists have on that morning? And when did they know did about they? it? When when were they informed? I think is probably a a critical part of the conversation as well. 
Well, absolutely. And I, I want to make it absolutely clear here. We did not accuse these media outlets of knowing in advance mm, what mm. was going to happen. And yet, um, a few of them, Reuters, the New York Times for sure, um, and, and AP, released statements. And one of the first things they did was actually say, we, de- we deny knowing that this was going to happen in advance. Now, we never accuse them of that. We ask questions for sure. Right, but, but, but I, I, if I were them, I would do the same. I would, because that's the most important thing in terms of their own, in terms of their own distancing from it. Just to be clear, we didn't know. Now we can look at everything else around it. Uh, you're absolutely right. So I'm, I'm glad they released statements saying mm. that because we needed that clarification. So mm. I'm, I'm glad we have that. But they, they also use that to deflect from a lot of the issues. And the New York Times, for example, has come out and said, you know, that they were just doing their job. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, if you're, if you happen to be standing there watching p- people getting butchered, um, and kidnapped, you know, you become, if you're just standing there, You'd become part of that story. Yeah, yeah. I heard a, I heard a, somebody, a, a professional, uh, you know, lecturer in the space saying something like their job is to capture the events. And I thought, no, it's not. Your first job is to be a human. Your second job might be to capture the events. But your first job is to try and save lives, surely. Well, absolutely. I mean, we don't know, we don't know what their connection is with Hamas. Um, at a, at a minimum, Let's remember that Hamas controls everything in the Gaza Strip, including what comes out. So this really does call into question a lot of the imagery and the reporting that have been coming out from Palestinian stringers, because, of course, they are controlled by Hamas. Uh, And what's more, these media outlets, they paid these guys for these photographs, which I find really, really unethical. It's 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 just it's so hard to get your head around this because you know slowly what Hamas has done is they've subverted everything uh, of value by the West. In other words, ambulances should never be used for war, and yet they are. Hospitals should never be a place of for weapons and where your headquarters are, and yet, yet it is. Schools, the same thing. You know, everything that, and you know, we have a, we hear about a death of a journalist and everybody, may, rightfully so, says, oh my word, that's terrible. They are just there as neutral people to try and capture the stories of war. But then now that's been subverted as well. It, it, it's a subversion of almost everyone of our values, you know, and it goes to the core. Mosques are the same thing. You know, I tweeted yesterday about the mosque in Gaza that they were playing Shema Israel, and I thought it was incredible because it's loud for the hostages to be able to maybe hear that Israel is there in case they didn't know it. And somebody wrote back and said, how dare Israel desecrate a mosque? And I thought, whoa. Hold on a minute. You know, that's the, the building is the value, not the life of the hostages, not the fact that actually Hamas have desecrated mosques by having um, uh, bombs and rockets inside of it. But when, when we look at it through a Western value system, it, 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 we actually can't process this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the points you kind of uh, inferred there with the journalists, mm. let's say, for example, that uh, this guy, Eslaya, had been shot by Israeli forces inside one of the kibbutzim. Mm. I can guarantee that this guy would have been on the list of the Committee to, for the Protection of Journalists, their list of dead or injured journalists. You know, and, and they would have been upset 
that this guy had been a victim of Israel, despite the fact that he had deliberately infiltrated into the country illegally and uh, been part of a massacre. Yeah. So what happens now? Well, the, I mean, the media response, um, not just from those media outlets, has been really quite stunning. Um, it, this was one of the top stories in Israel yesterday on all of the main uh, news channels. Um, I myself was on the main uh, news station on Channel 12 News. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's caused a big stink here, and the Israeli government have become involved. The uh, head of the government press office here and... Um, the foreign ministry spokesperson have written a quite a scathing letter to these media outlets demanding an investigation. Um, so we're going to see what happens now. But I think that the media outlets themselves, um, they're going to dig in. They're going to defend themselves and they're going to defend their right to use these people. Having said that, um, CNN has now, um, mm, according to reports, mm. uh, suspended um, this guy, Slayer. Um, we've also had AP have also cut ties with uh, at least one of them. Um, so, you know, we're slowly, slowly we're making an impact um, because, of course, there are no foreign journalists in Gaza right now. So everyone is reliant on the reports of Palestinian stringers. Um, and we don't know just how professional they are. Um, so we've already uncovered uh, a couple um, who should never have been allowed to report for mainstream media because of their back their their horrific anti-Israel background. Um, unfortunately, the New York Times actually rehired someone that we had already called out for for loving Hitler. Mm. Um, so that shows you where the New York Times is at the moment. But you know, we're making we're making a dent here, I believe. Well, it certainly seems that way. And somehow, this this Hamas war is providing an opportunity to to turn those cards up because a lot of the things that people like yourselves have been saying and we have been saying for years and years around this are now actually becoming clearer for everybody to see whether they choose to see it or not is is a question but absolutely there visible for all to see it is 8 of 45 Simon Plasco uh, well done on this story I think it's an incredibly important one and uh, just keep doing the amazing work you do Simon Plasco's Managing Editor at Honest Reporting.